What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today I have a very special episode for you guys. I know I say that way too often, and I know I've been criticized for it for saying it way too often, but when I say I have a special episode for you guys, I really and truly mean it. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you can tell that I have multiple guests on the show today. I saw, I'm usually lucky enough to get one, but today I have three special guests on the show today. They are the hosts of the Gone Bridge podcast, and I am so glad to have them on. I'm, you know, they're a Red Sox based podcast. They talk all things Red Sox, and you know, also talk some MLB stuff too. Uh, they're they are from they're from the University of New Hampshire, and I'll throw it right off to them. You know, straight out of the gate, I'll let them introduce themselves. How you boys doing today? Good. Happy, uh, very happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're just excited to talk some baseball, talk some sports. Should be a good time. And my name's Andrew, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew. My name's Steve Brady. Uh, I produce the Gombridge podcast, obviously one of the three hosts, and I'm really excited to be on the Down to the Wire podcast. It's going to be a good episode. Uh, what's up, guys? My name's Alex. I am the third wing on the Gombridge podcast. Uh, good to have you. Good to have us on, Brian. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to have you guys on. Uh, you know, I, I I I try to collaborate with you know with anybody I can on on the show. I've had I've had multiple athletes on, including uh, including basketball players such as Michael Green the Third, who is going to be transferring to Robert Morris next year from Bryant. Sadly, I've also had Adam Alita on, who is going to be uh, coming to Bryant next year and hopefully going to be the star one of the stars on our team. I've also interviewed shot put throwers as well as you know TikTok influencers. You know different guys who you know have who have a uh, insights into their sport and you know obviously I'm talking to baseball today frankly my favorite sport on the planet on planet earth as well as well I assume it is for you guys as well but yeah of course of course yeah of course. absolutely it's America's pastime Got there we go out there we go absolutely no I, I frankly I'm just glad to have some fellow to have some fellow uh, podcasters on who can talk about the sport at length like I can uh, before we really get into it, uh, you know, is, if there's anything that you guys really want to introduce yourselves about, you know, I, I know you guys just did your names and other things like that. Uh, if there's any, you know, kind of like little special things that you guys want to say about each other, you can go ahead and do that. Well, I mean, all I would say is, like you said, we are, you know, live and die by the Red Sox. We love the MLB. Um, and as far as like our podcast goes, you can find us literally anywhere. Uh, where you can find podcasts and our handles on social media is just gone bridge. So if you enjoy us during this interview, which I hope you do, that's where you can find us later. So that sounds good to me. Uh, obviously for you guys, that's uh, well, that'll be, that'll be their, uh, that'll be their social media shout out. Uh, you know, kind of getting into it though, before we do talk some baseball, I found you guys, I think how a lot of people did. I found you guys through listening to the section Ted podcast. Anyone who doesn't know who the section 10 podcast is, it's a Barstool Red Sox podcast that is hosted by Jerick Robbins and, you know, a bunch of other guys over there. And I was able to really get into that. And, you know, I ended up hearing these guys and I, I looked them up on Instagram at the time. And I, I think you guys only had like 50 or so followers at the time. And I was, I was like, man, Jared is just, Jared is just a diehard. He's going, he's going out there. He's going obscure. He's, he's getting anybody out there. And I, I was like, I was like, you know what? All the respect to Jared, all the respect to that. Uh, but, you know, before we get into, you know, that kind of a whole story, how did you guys, you know, come together and want to start this podcast? Like, where, when did this idea, you know, form in your guys' mind? Yeah, so uh, we started this podcast last November, right after the World Series. Um, kind best of the time to time. start a best time to start a baseball podcast. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't right, do that. Right guys. when the season the week ends, after right the World it, Series, right when it there's nothing to talk about, especially for the Red Sox. They were kicked out. <laughs> two months before and we had we had nothing to work with oh yeah um but we kind of came together so uh two years ago 
me and Steve rushed the same fraternity in the fall semester and we kind of got to know each other that way, kind of, you know, got to know each other. And we started talking shop, talking baseball all the time. And then in the spring semester, Andrew joined, he started pledging our fraternity and we kind of getting to know him. We found out he was also a massive baseball fan and we would always end up like anytime the three of us were together, we'd end up like standing in a corner, just like yelling at each other about baseball for 20 minutes. So me and Steve, actually Steve had the idea, came to me because he knew that Andrew had been working with um, the company that we're partnered with. It's called Wild Chat Sports. It's run by this guy named Kevin up at UNH. And Andrew had worked with him throughout the year. So Steve came to me with the idea uh, to pitch to Andrew that we would get one episode. And we were hoping that we could just kind of sneak in for one episode, uh, take the the stuff that we talk about and just throw it in, talk for an hour and then be out. And so we went to Andrew, Andrew went to Kevin and Kevin came back to us and suggested that if we wanted to, we could start our own podcast. So uh, we kind of did, we started it up. Um, Andrew knew the most out of us and still probably does about all this podcasting stuff. So um, our roles kind of fell together. He's our host. Uh, Steve works a lot with the editing and producing just because that's what he's good at. Um, And then I'm just here. So, you know, however months we are later, uh, seven months later, about 35 episodes deep, we're we're loving it. And it's been quite the ride. And, you know, we're not stopping now. Notice that Alex has a very self-deprecating attitude about himself with this podcast. I'm just just a realist. Like, you know, Andrew, he does he does a lot of the legwork with the hosting. Steve does a lot of the producing. And then after that, I mean. There's not, once you get those two things nailed down, there isn't a ton left to do. So, um, you know, awesome. I, kinda... I will, I will say you are the only one with a segment named after yourself. So I don't that know what I... that is fair. I put a yeah. lot of, uh, I put, I put a lot of work into my stuff, but I suppose it contributes to the whole, the whole deal. No, I would say just to go off Clausen. I'm not on the, I'm not on the show, but I appreciate you. Clausen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hold on. You. I mean, like, I think Clausen doesn't give himself enough credit. We all like have our roles and I think that's why it works so well because of these selfless and just humble, I guess, attitudes that we all uh, have. Everybody I would say is super selfless in terms of like what they're willing to give to the podcast and without any single one of us three, it just wouldn't work as well as it does. So I think everybody deserves an equal amount of credit. Except when I, except when I had to leave midway through an episode and you guys carried it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That was just that was one. Once. That was just once. <laughs> I, I like how you guys. I like how you guys kind of, you know, how how the idea for you guys starting it kind of was based around, you know, just like the everyday conversations that you guys had with each other. It was kind of funny. We were having. I was. I was at dinner with some of my friends last night, and we were having, you know, kind of a conversation like that. My friend Pat and my my other friend Adam. We were. We were. They were kind of arguing at at length of uh of of did the Red Sox do right in, in the Andrew Benintendi deal? That's a topic we'll talk about later on the show, but. It just that that just reminded me of that conversation last night because they were just at each other's throats all, over this thing. It, it was just like he is a better average here, and my, my other friends going, but he was hurt, and like there was there was all the, there was all the reason to trade him, and uh, it just it just reminds me of that so much. <laughs> and I'm glad that you guys are I got, I'm glad that you guys were able to kind of take that take that you know kind of you know that kind of a conversation and bring it into the podcasting world. I think it's really beneficial. Uh, now, you know, obviously, you know, how I previously mentioned that I discovered you guys through the section 10 podcast. I actually kind of learned through, uh, Rob, through Rob Shelley of the pesky pole podcast and some other guys, how this, uh, how this all came about, but I, but, uh, you know, I listened to you guys sounded really good on, sounded really good on the show. Went to go check you guys out, 
Salyas had a very you know small following at the time. It has grown exponentially ever since, which is which is awesome to see for you guys. And I was just surprised at it because I was just like I was like wow, like these guys out of nowhere like you know got you know got into got in with this guy. And I was like I was like how did this necessarily happen? So uh, if any if you if you guys want to explain how, how this kind of went down, I'll let you guys take it away. Yeah. So. Well, first of all, appreciate that. Uh, means a lot. And um, I'll start this out by saying that we're so appreciative of like everybody who supports us because it's just, it's still crazy to us uh, that people take time out of their day, um, like even a minute or two. In fact, I think Steve, I can't remember which one of you said it, but it was like our first episode after we recorded. You were like, listen, if five people listen to us, even like that's a win. That's yeah. a win. Like that was our, that, that was our goal. And that that's been our goal is that like, even if we have just one person listen to us, listening to us, like it's, it's cool to us that, uh, you know, someone wants to, to be involved with us. So um, first of all, yes, we, we really appreciate everybody. Um, but kind of getting more into that. Uh, it was honestly, it was a little bit of luck. Um, we had been doing this for about six or seven episodes um, weren't getting, weren't getting many lessons. Um, and then we were like, Hey, like, let's start some social media. Let's start trying to, you know, promote the show. So we got an Instagram going, got a Twitter going. Uh, and then Steve had the idea of, you know, throwing, uh, like a link to our show on the Red Sox Reddit page, which we were like, you know, we're probably just going to get hate for like trying to promote ourselves. And, you know, it's probably not going to go over well. Cause Reddit's really not the nicest of I mean, places. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was about to say it's Reddit, so I'm yeah. about to say, um, you know, prayers up Especially to you. Red Sox Reddit. Red yeah. Sox Reddit is it's brutal. brutal. It's brutal. So, like, we we reached out to that, like, add another page, and he was like, yeah, sure, go for it. So, we just threw something up, and we're like, you know what, maybe we get, you know, a couple more listeners, whatever. So, uh, it was it was late. It was mid-December. It was really late one night, and uh, we were we were all still up for some reason, and Steve, like, texted us, and he was like, holy crap, like, Section 10 was just like talking about Jeter and Nomar on their show. And we had just put something on our Instagram about Steve's take about, Oh, like prime Nomar is better than prime Jeter and all this. Uh, which, so we're is, like, which is totally, totally true. It is. Oh, to- it's totally true. I've, I have no, uh, no <laughs> so we were like, so taken aback by it and they were kind of joking around. They were like, you know, we should, we should have them on. Uh, it almost, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, real quick, then, partner, just to add a couple more details. Yeah, go for it. Um, Jared was just talking. He said that he was scrolling through the r slash Red Sox subreddit and said that there's a brand new podcast. He initially thought we were in high school, which is uh, still like a running joke that we think is really funny to this day. We are not in high school. We are all in uh, in college. But he said, yep listen to it. They're super young. And they had this take, um, that Nomar is better than Jeter. And we thought he, Jared thought that was really funny because he thought we were so young that there was no chance that we would have ever been able to know like, who Nomar know, was. Yeah. Like know anything about this debate. And that's how he kind of, uh, took interest in us. That was the way. So keep going. Gardner. So, it. yeah. So then basically, uh, we like screen recorded the clip. We like threw up on social media. We were like crazy. Like this is, this is big. We were very, very content. And then we listened to the episode for like 30 minutes longer. And then they dropped our dropped our name. And we were like, wow. So I reached out to Steve Peral um, and put something together for the next week to go on section 10. And yeah, we did our we did our thing there for an hour, 
And uh, ever since then, we've just, we've been, um, yeah, we've been keeping close with them. We've been, uh, honestly, we just, we just kind of took it, took the momentum and run with it, ran with it. Um, we've been working really hard on this. We, we all put in a lot of hours per week, uh, doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, it's not just, you know, you sit behind a mic for an hour a week and then it goes up. Like there's a lot of other stuff that we do with it, but, um, yeah, we just, we just took the the little bit of momentum that we were given and ran with it. And, uh, it was, that's a good point, Steve, but, uh, but yeah, we just ran with it and, and, uh, we just, we've been having a lot of fun with it and it's really cool to us too, that, um, people are sticking with us and, and still supporting us. So. That's that's kind of that's the origin story of of Gone Bridge right there. You know, I can add one thing about the Section Ten guys. They've still, I I kind of expected them to do a one off with us, and then you know maybe we'd have like some casual conversation here and there. But you know, every time that we talk to those guys, they're always super gracious, super happy to talk to us. And um, you know, Gardner actually went to the game with Steve Peralt. Saw that two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah, two or three um, weeks ago. And I mean, Steve's an awesome guy. I was actually fortunately at the game myself. Um, so I went over and talked to him and, you know, him and especially Jared too, have just been super supportive the whole thing. Um, so those guys are awesome. It, it really kind of didn't end with our appearance on section 10 and they're still pretty involved, which is awesome. You know, I, I was about to say the exact same thing. I'm, I, I, it's awesome that it wasn't just like a one-off kind of thing with you where, you know, it, where they kind of just reached out, they did the thing and, you know, it was it kind of all just shut down after that. After that, It's really cool that they actually kind of maintain that kind of contact with you guys. I actually kind of a, uh, kind of a funny Jared Carabas story of my own. I, you know, I actually had, I actually met him back in, I think 2019. It was like this really kind of wacky kind of experience. So, uh, my birthday is in January. So I ended up getting uh, Red Sox tickets for like, for like April or whatnot. And uh, I, it was like for me and my two other friends, Pat Edwards and John Warren. And we're, and we're, I literally pulled up to John's house in the morning. We were driving down to the train station and literally as we're about to board the train, John, John literally just turns to us and, and goes, boys, I don't feel too good. And literally proceeds to throw up in a parking lot. And we're, we're just like, John, what the hell? <laughs> and it was just like, well, now do we go? And, and he just, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going. I was just like, <laughs> all right, we're going to the Red Sox game. Let's do it. And I like called my mom. I was like, was like, should we do this? And she was like, I can pick him up. And he was like, I was like, I think he wants to go. <laughs> so we got on the train. We, we it's made a classic it boot and rally. Boot and rally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. So we make it in, we make it into, uh, we make it into like the station outside Fenway. We're going over. We ended up, we ended up going to Boston into like Boston beer works. We're chilling in there. John ends up getting like these, uh, I think he ends up getting like fish tacos or he gets like something that would like when you, after you've thrown up, it's like the last thing you probably would get in your stomach. It's just, I was just like, I don't know about this dude. I, I was like, I was like, I remember, I remember being told when I was sick, Oh, eat some McDonald's. The grease will soothe your stomach. And that didn't end well for me. Now I'm just like, I'm just like, you're going to eat like fish tacos after you just puked in a in a parking lot, like less than an hour ago. Like what the hell is wrong with you? And he, and, and he goes, and he goes, I think that actually helped me. I'm just like, you're a freak dude. <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> and we get into this, we get into the thing and I didn't realize that we were, I, I didn't realize at the time, but on our tickets, it said like, uh, row, like row 93 and like, we're, we're walking in there and like, we, we walk up and we're just kind of walking up and I I'm st trying to like, you know, s like look out the rows and like, be like, all right, which row is like 93, which row is 93. And I look over and I actually look down the row and I'm just like, Holy crap. And I was like, I turned to my buddy Pat, who who was a big listener to Section Ten at the time. John was John was kind of getting into it at the time, but I turned to Pat. I was just like, I think that's Jared Carabas, and he and he goes, 
oh my god <laughs> you're right and we, we end up going up and and then lo and behold i turn up and row 93 is in section 10 i just didn't realize that it was in section 10 at the time and i was like oh <laughs> and it just all hit me at once and we get in there and you know we ended up taking a picture with him it was actually really cool we got to kind of sit with him the entire game it was actually the game where chris davis broke that like insanely long hitless streak Mm. That, oh yeah oh yeah that was tough yeah. rick porcello yeah. started that game i believe yep mm-hmm. yeah and then, the game and then go chris, to cooperstown yeah and then chris davis proceeded to uh proceed to uh, get three hits that day so i was just like it wasn't even that one was enough but we were standing next to him the whole time he was like he was actually just really mellow and calm the entire time but when chris davis got that hit he got up was just doing kind of a kind of just a bronx cheer kind of just a nice little uh you know, gentleman's clap at it was kind of really, really pumped. He was filming an episode of the Spikes Up tour. So when it happened, he was just, you know, so pumped, which was hilarious in my mind. I have a video of it when he got the when he got the hit at Fenway and like the entire crowd just roared, <laughs> roared to their feet. It was hilarious. Classic sarcastic cheer. Oh yeah. It was great. <laughs> and you know, that that was that was a great story in my mind. I I don't think I've told that story on this show. I told it on, I believe I told it on uh, Robert Shelley's pesky pole podcast. I believe I told it over there. So, you know, why not, why not, you know, probably, uh, you know, it's a good time to tell it went with some Red Sox guys on the show. One to get there, uh, one to, you know, one to tell it and have it actually make some sense and not just throw that out there. Uh, but, you know, kind of getting into it, you know, that's, it's really awesome that you guys were able to have that kind of a connection with those guys. Uh, you guys have been able to have those guys on your show ever since, which is awesome. Uh, you know, kind of going off that though, you know, I, I mean, obviously those guys are great guys to have on, on the show because of just how much they know about the sport. Uh, going forward though, are there any guys that, you know, dream scenario, you know, who would be the dream guest that you guys would try to get on a show next? This seems to be everybody's dream guy and it's Nomar. Because <laughs> I feel like that would just be so perfect that Nomar kind of kicked us off. And if we could get Nomar on the show, it doesn't seem like he does many interviews, I've yeah. never heard him go on to a podcast or anything, but I think he would be uh, an awesome guest for us. I thought you were about, about to say you never heard him speak. <laughs> we had a joke last week. We were saying that we should do like a, a Gone Bridge sponsored like Jeter versus Nomar like deliberation roundtable where they just talk <laughs> out like who's better. Yeah, that'd that be would awesome. be really funny. But realistically, like Nomar would be. Nomar would be. It would be perfect. But uh, I think the next step would be to just get uh, an active Red Sox player to come on the show or even just an active MLB player. Cause we've had a few former players, a few former Sox on, but I think the next logical step would be just an active player. And that would be uh, pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Nomar would be a great pick to get on, to get on a show for me personally, I would probably have to go with my favorite player ever. Dustin Pedroia, you know, mm-hmm. Dustin for me, you know, growing up, that's just who I idolized. I, you know, I, I ended up being an outfielder in high school, but when I was younger, I wanted to be a second baseman for no other reason than, than that Dustin Pedroia played the position. If, if you asked me why, if anyone had asked me at the time, why do you want to be at second base so bad? Because Dustin Pedroia plays there. That's it. It was a very simple answer for me. And, you know, Dustin Pedroia would definitely be my dream guest. I know that, uh, I, he seems like a great guy. Obviously his career was cut short by Manny, by Manny Machado, who's a scumbag of a human being. So, uh, I mean, I think our age group, everybody in college right now, I'd say Dustin Pedroia is the guy that everybody looked up to him in uh, probably David Ortiz. But those were the two guys that we really got to see a lot growing up when we were in those prime ages of being just like super influenced and like player happy. So I think that Dustin Pedroia is an awesome pick. I would probably be he'd be up there for me, too. 
Yeah, no. It, for me, it would be, be Dustin Pedroia for for baseball, and then uh, for football, obviously, we'd have to go with Rob Gronkowski. Mm. That, that's my dude. That's a <laughs> <laughs> that's my dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm obviously obviously one would be I think probably harder than the other, but just saying that's my dude. <laughs> dude, for real. Uh, but you know, kind of going forward with this, you know, uh, obviously the obviously you know Nomar would be you know probably the guest that you guys would try to get uh, the most uh, for. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe any goals that you have set for yourself, uh, what are some things that, you know, you have, you know, maybe some goals that you want to achieve, you know, maybe before the end of the summer going forward, like how far, you know, how far, like, you know, you know, maybe kind of where are you guys trying to go from here with this? Um, That's a good question. So we've really, we've made some big strides actually last couple of weeks. Um, we put out some shirts, which was a big step for us. Um, we've been talking about that for a long time. And we also, um, landed our first sponsorship deal, which was, um, really big. And those have been two things that we've talked about, um, since the beginning as just like being long-term goals, like once, you know, that's definitely something, uh, that we had wanted to achieve. So very happy about that. Um, but looking forward to the future, I mean, honestly, it's just, it's just growth in my mind, just, you know, keep, I just keep putting out good product, keep doing what we're doing and, and the people will follow hopefully. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not really as caught up in like the numbers or, you know, followers or anything like that. We really just like having, um, you know, interactions with people, you know, seeing those same people in our DMS or shooting us messages, asking us questions. Like that's the coolest part. I think about all this is just, um, you know, people wanting to interact with you about the Red Sox. Um, so yeah, I would just say if, if we can just grow that, that base, that's, that's my goal with everything. I don't know if you guys got anything else. I, don't know I was, I would say that my biggest thing would be to continue to do this for a long time, you know, hit those episode milestones, 50, a hundred, whatever it be. But as we do hit all these bigger numbers with the episodes in terms of how many we're putting out, I want to make sure that I'm still enjoying it as much as I am like right now or episode one. Cause if I ever get to a point where I'm not having as much fun as I am today, then I'm not doing it right. You know? Mm -hmm. So that's really what my goal is. Uh, I'd say my goal is to see how far we can stretch this stuff in the off season. Uh, the off season is tough, especially for an in season sport like baseball, um, especially where everything in baseball is so spread out. You get those blitzes of like two weeks with winter meetings and the hot stove. And then you go like two months without hearing anything. Yeah. And then, you know, you get another two day blitz where guys will sign and then it's just nothing again until spring training. Yeah. So for us starting out, it was tough, but um, I am looking forward to seeing how we can keep growing over the off season. Um, I think we'd love to take a lot of guests over the off season just because that's when it's easiest for them and it helps us fill some weeks and we love having guests on. So um, for me, I'd say this off season, I think is going to be, is going to be interesting for us just because, it's it's a tough transition, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, something I've seen that my uh, buddy who does a football podcast is doing because you know he's kind of in that spot right now where like just nothing is happening. Obviously, you can talk about Aaron Rodgers and all the things going on there because that's just an ever going on story. But uh, kind of outside of that, he's he's been doing uh his episodes have been centered about around uh, ranking the positions of players. That's what he's been kind of centered around doing. So that's been good for him. Uh, kind of, but I think that kind of concludes what we had for the, uh, for the segment of kind of just like talking to you guys about the podcast. Now, I think it's time that we can finally just say, let's get into some baseball. Let's actually talk, yeah, uh, let's, let's, do actually, it. Let's, let's actually get into it. <laughs> so 
obviously, you know, uh, before we get into the main story that is dominating the MLB right now, something cool that I just found out is that uh, baseball reference is now going to be including stats from the Negro leagues as a stat head. I actually find that really cool. Cause you know, just being able to, you know, look up stats in general, I know, I know like I'm always trying to stay on top of that. So, you know, kind of having those extra kind of having that extra bit of knowledge, which, you know, has been always a part of history. It's kind of cool to look back on. I mean, there are definitely some things that, you know, have now changed in terms of precedent because of because of it. Uh, Cause I think it now, if you include, uh, if you include some of the things, I believe Josh Gibson, uh, who was a player, I believe back in like the thirties and forties, he now technically has the highest average in, in uh, MLB history with a 441 average. Yeah. And then, uh, Oh, go ahead. Uh, just single season, I think. Uh, yeah, single it, season average. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. So he now has the highest single season average. There's a bunch of like crazy things that are kind of going on with it. Uh, but I did want to touch on that real quick because I thought that was actually kind of cool. Uh, but obviously, the main story that is dominating the MLB right now is uh, is the topic of illegal substances. Uh, and, you know, it's now it's now be, it's now coming down that MLB is going to be uh, uh, an issue. Uh, kind of handing out 10, uh, 10 game fines for, well, 10 game suspensions rather for uh, people who are caught uh, using this stuff. It's a, uh, it's going to apply all from, you know, the sticky spider tack all the way down to like mixing sunscreen with rosin. They are going to leave the rosin bag on the mound. Originally people were saying that they actually were going to take that off. And I was like, that's a kind of insane that they might do that. But uh, you know, kind of where do you guys stand on this and how do you guys, and uh, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, relate this back to the Red Sox in just a second. So really fast, uh, going back to the Negro League thing uh, super quickly, as I do really think that it's an awesome thing that they're doing. But the way that they're doing it is that only stats prior to when Jackie Robinson made his first appearance on the Brooklyn Dodgers, only those stats are going to count. So guys like Hank Aaron aren't going to get all of his home runs in the Negro uh, League. So to like count towards his uh, MLB career stats or whatever because um, that's just where they're cutting it off right now. And I think it's a super uh, interesting, probably controversial little note that they're kind of, nobody's really shining too big of a spotlight on. So I would like to see what you think, because I don't know if you uh, knew that prior to me saying it just now. I, f- I feel like when I heard the story today about it, I wasn't thinking about it. I think that was something I had heard about back when it happened. And I think the well, it's not the best reason for it. Well, I think that maybe a later date should have been assigned than when Jackie Robinson made his debut because he was the only black player in the league. Yeah, exactly. I think it's I think it was essentially saying, well, because the league was integrated, then essentially then essentially those stats dissolve. But I don't think that's necess- I don't think that should necessarily be the case. But I know but I know some of those leagues carried on, I think, until like the 60s. So I feel yeah. like those I feel like, you know, maybe the, maybe those stat- those stats don't necessarily carry over. But it's it, honestly, I think it's a, honestly, I think it's a good kind of first thing to see with for, uh, kind of good first thing to see with those stats. I'm glad to just see them, you know, on baseball reference in general. Cause you know, you looked up satchel page on baseball reference. It only showed stats from his forties. It was like, what? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so, you know, it's actually, it's kind of cool. It's nice to see. And, you know, as, as a, as a person who really likes their stats, I found it, I found it cool to watch. Yeah, I totally agree that uh, it, it is a, a good stepping stone, good place to start. Maybe in the future, uh, we'll see a little bit of a change, but maybe not. And either way, at least we have this now. So I guess let's uh, go into the foreign substance little talk. If I'll, either... let, I'll let you take that on first. Yeah, Gardner, Clausen, you got anything that you want to hop on or you want me to just go? It's a bad day to be Garrett Cole. Yeah. Steve? Yeah. <laughs> bad day to be a can of spider attack. <laughs> Yeah, oh. so the biggest thing for people that don't know, the reason why these pitchers are using the sticky stuff, the sticky substances, whatever it is, uh, you know, rosin and bullfrog, pine tar, 
uh, spider attack, Bauer secret stuff, whatever <laughs> he's got going on. Because he has allegedly worked with chemist, quote unquote, to make his own like custom brand of uh, secret stuff. Yeah. So the reason that they use it, uh, sorry, I just cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, no, go ahead. I was just agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. But the reason that the pitchers are using it, because it is it increases their spin rate, uh, a.k.a. RPM, a.k.a. Uh, revolutions per uh, like minute, I think. So it's like the numbers are they increase by like a couple hundred. It's kind of irrelevant because the whole thing about it is it makes the pitches a lot harder to read and a lot harder to hit. So it's creating an unfair advantage for the pitchers, even though that it, everybody in the league apparently uses it. And now that the MLB is cracking down on it, I think the only reason that they're cracking down on it is because the general public is becoming more and more aware of the fact that like the MLB knows that we know that they know people are using it and they don't want to look like they're not going to do anything about players actively cheating like their game. So it's really controversial. And guys like Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole are like the superstars that are making a lot of money. And they're probably going to be on the MLB's hit list to crack down on ASAP just because it's like, these are the guys, let's make an example out of them. Let's suspend them for 10 days. And like you said, the MLB released this entire memo. It was a very long memo. Yeah. Uh, highlighting all of the things that they're going to do. One of the main things is that the pitchers are going to get suspended and that the teams that they're on cannot replace the pitchers with like a different player because then they're essentially be playing a man down during the uh, suspension period, which is going to like make this thing kind of more serious and the players are going to have to think about it a little bit more. So that's uh, my general, you know, spiel for, about that for now. The thing for me, like about all this, is that we know that players for years have been using all sorts of stuff. Um, and I mean, the thing is, was that it got to a point where it was like, you're not going to go out to the mound. Your manager's not going to go out to the mound to, you know, question whatever Yankees pitcher is using because you know that 10 of your own guys are using it. And that was exactly the Michael Pineda situation. <laughs> The only reason the only reason that got called out was because that was like so obvious. It was like legitimately a different like skin tone on his neck. It was like he was begging for himself to get called out. Well, not even um, that, but I mean, he also like literally the start before against the Red Sox, he people were saying, oh, it looks like he has something on his hand. And, and it was just like, oh, wow, that might be something to watch. And literally that is next start. Yeah, it was all on his hand. All, yeah. And literally the next start, they, they got the guy just didn't get the hint. And he, and he just said, hey, let me make this more obvious. Yeah. And just smeared it all over his neck. So, I mean, that's one of those things where it's just like, come on, man. Like, are you really this bad at cheating? Like, come on. But um, honestly, I feel I feel like. Um, the reason for this is because despite everybody using something, not everybody was using the spider tack and the spider tack compared to like sunscreen and rosin. That's a huge difference. Uh, and I think that one, this kind of the dust all settles on this and some pitchers numbers start to, to go up and get worse. I think you'll be able to see, you know, who was using that spider tack and who was just using, you know, whatever regular stuff they could find in the dugout. Um, but I think it's good uh, that they're cracking down on this. I've heard people comparing this to like the new age of steroids, which is not, that's just preposterous. Like it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal, but um, overall it's good. I mean, you want to keep the game as clean as you can. 
um, get the spider tech out of here. I think the rosin and sunscreen might be a little bit uh, extreme, but I'm all for the equal playing field. And I'm going to be curious to see, you know, which pitchers really, really struggle from here on out because of this. Uh, speaking of pitchers who are struggling right now, um, I actually was just, I just got an ESPN notification right as we started talking about this, um, that Tyler Glasnow has a tarsh- partially torn UCL, which can contribute to Tommy John surgery. And he was, somebody asked him about it. And, and there he goes. And there he goes. Most likely he has to- is thinking oh, that nice. going, <laughs> using less, um, so well, unfortunately, it seems that we've lost Alex for the time being. But what I was but uh, something that interesting that I kind of found out about the uh, about kind of the whole illegal substancing before we maybe get into, you know, the Tyler Glass now. Uh, I just saw <laughs> there we go. Now, now, now he's back. Now he's back. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Time out until your Internet stabilizes. Yeah. Bad day to be Xfinity, bud. I don't have Xfinity. <laughs> you're in timeout for now. Yeah. Um, I hope you're good at editing. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Don't <laughs> right. worry. I, I don't get. I should, don't really care though. I don't. Should care. be a clean cut. Uh, oh, don't am I good now? Yeah, you're good. Sure. Should I start like with my segue from Gardner? No, you're good. You start. You, we heard yet Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, Tyler Glasnow. Come on. <laughs> All right. Say, partially torn. You, timeout. you can't talk anymore. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. You just Is it really it. that bad? Yeah. Yes. I mean, every time you try and talk for an extended period of time, your internet just absolutely messes the bed. So, Brian, I think you should just. All right. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait. Third time's a charm. This is like the fourth time, but I guess. Right. Fourth time's a charm. Anyways, Tyler Glasnow now is a partially torn UCL, which can contribute to Tommy John, I guess. And what he was saying was that he's thinking that the going from using substances to going to nothing or cutting down on them just kind of affects how you throw the ball, affects your arm angle, everything like that. It affects how hard you can throw it too. Um, and so he thinks it's kind of bad for it, like just cracking down. If guys are getting used to it in the off season and training with it, and then all of a sudden they're not using it at all, it kind of tears their arm apart. And then I also just saw an ESPN notification that Alex Cora talked to the pitching staff. Uh, this seems a little lame, but he was like, you know, it's embarrassing to get suspended, so don't get suspended. Um, I don't coming know. From, much... Coming from him, that seems like an interesting yeah. thing. To tag. Yeah, it seems like yeah. kind of a, a backhanded comment. Um, you know, it I don't seems know. like he has some experience with that, unfortunately. I was going to say, yeah, maybe he's the right guy to talk about it because he, yeah. he did get caught. Going off yeah. of that real quick, Lawson, is um, it's interesting because the Red Sox are third in increase in RPM between last season and this season. They're behind only the Dodgers are number one, and I believe the Chicago White Sox are number two. The Dodgers are really interesting because the Reds the year prior were the team with the biggest increase in RPM on their pitching staff from uh, season to season, and they signed Trevor Bauer for one year. They're the first team in RPM. Now the Dodgers have Trevor Bauer. They're the first team in RPM, but the Red Sox are third. And after the league has been trying to crack down on this, the Red Sox pitching staff, their starters were overperforming a 
a very large amount for the beginning of the season. And then all of a sudden the MLB is like, Hey guys, we know that you're doing something, not you, the Red Sox necessarily, but we know you're all doing something. And now recently the Red Sox pitching staff, especially the starters have been kind of getting knocked around. So I'm I'm just saying, no, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. It's, it's already been, I've seen reports. Spin rate has been the same for the starting rotation. Martin Perez, just a tough, tough, tough two weeks for him. But I will say, you ever think that the increase in spin rate from 2020 to 2021 maybe is because we went from guys, say, Mike Kickham, Matt Hall, and uh, Kyle Hart to Garrett Richards, Nick Pavetta, and the Sawman? I mean, all I'm going to say is that I'll point one guy out specifically, Nathan Avaldi, who was hot garbage last year. And every time I've seen him pitch, he goes out and gives a good performance. I mean, every time I've been, he's actually been on the mound, and he's put in at least five innings every time and hasn't allowed a run, I don't think. I mean, counterpoint to that is that Eddie was better last year than he was this year. Eddie didn't even pitch last year. Eddie didn't even pitch last year. Yeah, I mean, but I guess like two years ago, but uh, he has been injured a lot. So that's like not a great example, but there's ways that you can spin this story to make it look better for you and your team. And that's what everybody in the MLB is trying to figure out right now, how they can make themselves look better just compared to everybody else. Not, you know, by themselves individually, but if we're, if we look better than the Dodgers, then we look pretty good. If it's that, if Garrett Cole looks worse than, you know, Martin Perez, then I think we're okay. I think that's the way that the, the entire league's kind of shifting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something interesting I kind of found out with this was I ended up following this guy on TikTok. He is, he doesn't want to release his full name yet, but I've had him on the show and I just, I just used his uh, tag and I had him on the show and I was talking with him. He's it was kind of it was kind of interesting because he's almost been covering this story since like April, kind of like you know breaking down guys mm-hmm. like Freddie Peralta of the Brewers and and him loading up you to use a super slider and different things like that. So one of the interesting one of kind of the interesting things I I've kind of seen with uh, from his kind of point of view with it is he's kind of attributed he's almost kind of attributed the uh, substance to not really providing a better rip but almost like you know the pitchers you know because they have so much extra spin the balls are almost going out of control because you see hit by pitches in MLB are are at a kind of an all are kind of at an all time high this year at least they're up. Uh, you know, and, you know, he was also kind of pointing out individual instances too. You looked at when Bryce Harper got hit in the face by Genesis Cabrera uh, and, you know, was, and Cabrera was also just hitting other guys too. Uh, you know, he, that guy, had, he had, he had caught uh, Cabrera for going to stuff when he had, uh, I think there was a guy for, I'm trying to, trying to remember who, but there was a pitcher, I believe for the Braves who got hit that guy, that the pitcher, the pitcher who was on the, on the mound was getting caught for stuff. And I kind of found it interesting. I, I I think also the pitcher who maybe hit Pilar was, uh, you know, he might have uh, debunked him as a as a possible user as well. So I kind of found it interesting that you know that correlation you know wouldn't necessarily you know lead to more grip but almost less because guys are just throwing as hard as they can. They're trying to get as much spin as possible, and these things are just running away from are just running away from them and you know causing all sorts of trouble. Yeah, uh, usually the thing that I see is that it's the other way around where if they give them this sticky substance, they have more control and they can, you know, paint corners a little better. They can get a better grip on the ball. And it's, it, I guess like rosin is kind of supposed to be able to do that, you know, dry your hands off and stuff. But mm-hmm. if you're able to grip the baseball that much better then I guess like in football terms, if you're gripping a wet football, you're not going to be able to pinpoint stuff as, as if you have a dry football. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to tack on uh, Pete Alonzo was talking about how he thinks that, and this kind of goes into spin rate stuff um, with the spider tack and everything like that. 
Um, I guess it's more with like deadening baseballs and juicing baseballs. Um, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but he was talking about how it seems like the MLB will flip, you know, if they want to juice baseballs or deaden baseballs based on the trend of the league and the trend of free agents, especially. So if there's a bunch of really big time pitchers coming into the free agent market in the next couple of years, they're going to deaden baseballs, make them look even better so that they can get a better payday. And then other way around, if you have guys who are coming into the free agent market in the next couple of years who just hit tanks, then you're going to want to juice baseballs to kind of bring up the hype around them. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. I, I haven't really looked into how those things have worked out, but I thought that that was an interesting theory out of him. I have heard, I have heard that as well. And frankly, I, I've heard a lot of, you know, a lot of the juicing baseball thing being uh, thrown at the feet of Rob Manfred for blame. And frankly, I'm all in cause I hate Rob Manfred, but, uh, but, you know, I find it to be an interesting conversation because, you know, I know guys are using it, but I think, you know, from the, I think people now, I, I, I think when Trevor Bauer, he, I think back in 2018 or, or so he wasn't using it in his era. It was like in the fours and he was like literally pointing out to guys and he was saying, and he was kind of almost like kind of sounding the alarm and saying like, Hey, this stuff is going on. Yep. Like we should almost kind of, you know, do something about it. MLB did nothing. And I think he literally even said, all right, I'll go out. I'll use this stuff and I'll win a Cy Young. Yeah. He said, this is what my stats would look like if I did use uh, foreign substance, which I don't right now. He calculated what his RPM would look like on it. And then his Cy Young season replicated those stats pretty closely. And not only was it close, it was more he was even better than he thought he was going to be with this foreign substance so it's pretty crazy i think i watched a youtube video i forget who posted it but if you look it up like i'm sure you'll find it. it's a really great video highlighting trevor bauer and stuff so yeah i mean obviously you guys brought it up at the, at the start the uh garrett cole interview that was a train wreck <laughs> yeah yeesh <laughs> that yeah, is rough, to see it. <laughs> uh, uh, i mean i, I mean the I, day. go ahead i'll go ahead no no you go uh, end of the day, I mean, just closing thoughts for me. End of the day, as long as it provides entertainment in the game of baseball, I'm all for it. You know, I don't want everybody cheating. You know, I don't want pitchers and, and hitters using steroids and then, you know, hitters are using cork bats and it just kind of turns into this fake game of baseball. But WWE. at the same time, um, if, you, if you're being smart about it and you're using stuff to elevate the game, do it. Really? There you go. Uh, you know, kind of going off that though, I mean... I don't know. I want the game to be as clean as possible. I want it to, you know, kind of be like that. I, I especially don't want to be seeing like cork bats and like steroids and all that stuff. I don't know. I think that, you know, cutting down on it, you know, with the, with the increased stuff that you're seeing, I mean, you look at Garrett Cole, you look at his stats like back in Pittsburgh, as soon as he got to Houston, they jumped exponentially. And, you know, I think that helped to make him the $300 million man that he is now. I don't think he'd Absolutely. be nearly that. He, mm -hmm. he wouldn't be nearly that Definitely. guy if he didn't use that stuff. So, yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how these guys, you know, kind of shake out as opposed to it. I was glad that you guys brought up that the Red Sox were third in spin rate going on, uh, you know, but I don't know. I, I'm i nervous to see how this Red Sox rotation is going to do because we were overperforming a lot this year. Nick Pavetta was you know, looking solid this year. Martin Perez was helping, us out, was helping us out a lot. Now, Erod was sucking just in general, unfortunately, which, you know, wasn't great for us. We need we need that to step up a bit. Uh, Ivaldi is doing fine, but could obviously be doing better than – it could i frank i frankly think he should be doing better with the money that we're paying him but you know, yeah that's, that's a conversation. an issue of the red sox paid him too much for who he is and he's gonna do i don't know if he's ever gonna be able to live up to it but please, please continue if you could yeah. breathe after 2018 you got a contract yeah mm -hmm. yeah no, i think that i don't know it's just so tough because i think that you know 
I don't know. I th- th- that's been kind of their big issue with the, with uh, spending money, and unfortunately, uh, that's why I ha- what, that's why I wasn't the big Heim Bloom fan because he kind of went in was kind of was playing things a little more uh, safely, which and and wasn't really going after guys, which I was like, why? Because I think you know you know after the yeah, after the Yankees and the Dodgers, it's us in terms of payroll. So I was just like, why do we have to play like the Tampa Bay's Rays right now in terms of uh in terms of you know kind of spending? I thought it was kind of stupid. Uh, but you know, yeah, ha- we have made some stupid moves. I know we're still paying Manny, pay- paying Manny Ramirez right now. So it's like, you know, haven't made the best financial investments throughout our times. Obviously, uh, you know, still trying to figure some stuff out there. Yeah, Manny's earned it. Manny's earned it, but it, but it's just like really, we're still paying, we're still paying him, we're still paying Dustin Pedroia. Who again, I think they've earned it, but it's just like, I think we're paying like over a hundred million dollars to guys who aren't suit that aren't that aren't even on the team anymore. Like that's bad. <laughs> Yeah, you don't I mean, want that money piling up. Had some bad investments, but not going not going to complain about four World Series in seventeen years. So I mean, it's all it's all kind of worked out. It's all yeah, all evened out. It all kind of washes out in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of those investments that people had kind of have been judging about, and Mar- and we're going to have to see, you know, whether it does live up to the hype in the end. Uh, was Chris Sale? Good news for us is that he seems to be back throwing again at Fenway Park. You know, obviously missed last year, the COVID year due, uh, due to Tommy John surgery because, uh, you know, just through, just through, you know, all the tear that's gone on in his arm. But it seems that he's back throwing again at Fenway Park. What do you guys expect out of him going forward? You know, at least for this season and, you know, possibly even beyond. Do you think he can get, do you think he, he can ever get back to those levels? Or do you think that, you know, he's gonna, just going to be a, you know, a shadow of his former self? I think and, he can. Yeah. You can go. I think he. I think he could. Um, I just don't think that he could do it the way that he was doing it. Um, I mean, we've seen him. Obviously, he's got some of the best breaking stuff in the game. Uh, you know, with his slider, he's got that change up. Um, but, yeah, one of the best pitches in all of baseball. Uh, I look at a guy like Zach Granke that I think when Chris Sale comes back, you could kind of compare him to. Uh, Granke, I mean, used to be a very overpowering pitcher. He had the fastball, and now he's kind of transitioned to – Weak contact, uh, a lot of off-speed stuff. Um, and, you know, Chris Sale used to be a guy who would come out and it was like, if he's not striking out 12 batters a night, like, what's going on? Uh, I think Chris Sale is still going to be able to get outs. I don't think he'll be able to get as many swing and misses. I still think he's going to be, like, at worst, a number two in the rotation, which we could desperately need right now. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see but I wouldn't expect like his fastball to be as explosive as it was. But I think, I think as long as he's able to kind of approach the game in a little bit of a different way and just kind of rely on his off-speed stuff a little bit more, who knows, maybe even like develop a, a sinker or something like that. I think, I think he'll be fine. Chris Sale's sinker would be dirty. Yeah. So if I could uh, hop in too, we have seen many examples around the league, especially in recent history of uh, pitchers getting Tommy John surgery and coming back from it and still being uh, extremely effective, if not as good and better than they were prior. Uh, a perfect example of that is a guy like Steven Strasburg, won the World Series MVP, had a unreal playoff run that year. And he got Tommy John surgery and he's doing pretty, pretty all right. Yeah. But that being said, a guy like Chris Sale, if you look at how he pitches, his arm angle is one of the most unconventional and weirdest arm angles in the entire league. And that probably contributed to his need for Tommy Chan surgery in the first place. And like Gardner said, he was mainly a two pitch guy with a very, you know, a small 
small percentage of the time, a changeup in there. And he would throw 97. Sometimes he would reach triple digits on his fastball. And then he would have an absolutely wipeout slider. Uh, that just probably was the best slider in the entire league when he was really throwing it well. I'd say that, yeah. Yeah. So do I think that he's going to come out of Tommy John surgery and throw this 97-mile-per-hour fastball consistently? Probably not. Do I? Am I more concerned about how his arm angle and the movement of his slider is so dependent on that arm angle that his slider may not be as effective as it was before Tommy John surgery? I think that's really where the issue is going to come from because if he doesn't have that wipeout slider that he used to, he's not Chris Sale anymore, you know? So I don't think anybody can really predict how he's going to come back. I think if you say, you know, exactly how Chris Sale is going to perform after this Tommy John surgery, you're just straight up a liar. So (laughs) I'm hoping that he's going to say, yeah, you're just a liar. Yeah. I'm really hoping he's going to be great. I think that he's going to be at least good, but only time will tell. Yeah, I mean, I can hope that I, I'll, I'll actually start by saying I love seeing the like grainy hidden iPhone video of Chris Sale. Like it's it's almost not supposed to be leaked, but it's definitely supposed to be leaked that Chris Sale is throwing off the mound. Um, so I love seeing him back on the mound again. But I would definitely say that I think it's again, it's very hard to tell to see how he's going to come back from it. He's in his 30s uh, coming off from Tommy John. You're usually not your best right away. Um, but I can hope that Gardner mentioned Zach Greinke. I'm going to match going to mention Justin Verlander because at some point Justin Verlander toward the end of his career in Detroit broke down velocity was down he was kind of getting shelled out there um, really not a good pitcher and then he went to Houston Uh, maybe it was spin rate maybe it was sticky stuff I don't know but he figured something out and kind of became a different pitcher that you know was less about overpowering you with their fastball but working on those off-speed pitches painting corners uh, trying to get you out in different ways than just throwing word, it right by you. One word I would use is finesse. I was going to say finesse. Uh, you know, he's a finesse pitcher. And I'm hoping that Chris Sale can take a, a page out of his book and kind of become that because he has the stuff to become a finesse pitcher. Like he's not uh, Noah Syndergaard who is only going to throw it by you. And that's pretty much it. You know, he has other pitches that he can go to and, and strike you out that way. So Hard to tell. I'm excited to see him on the mound, and I'm hoping that uh, maybe if we don't see the same Chris Sale we saw two years ago, we still see a good one. Before we uh, before we go, before I get my response about it, I just want to say uh, Rafi Devers just hit a three-run home run, so uh, let's go. So did, Hunter too, yeah. so did Hunter Renfro. So did Hunter Renfro, and now it's 4-0, so there we go. There you go. Oh, let's go. Just wanted to say that. So, <laughs> yeah, like you know, that. There we go. Love to see it. Also, yeah. one th- quick thing on the sale. Uh, he was thrown for the Woo Sox today in the bullpen. So uh, maybe we'll see him with a with a rehab start. I, w- I would I was like expecting like a lower rehab start, maybe like Salem. But who knows? Maybe we'll see him in Worcester somewhat soon. Yeah. Close nice to smile. Back Polar have Park. Guys, have you guys been to Polar Park yet? Uh, we have not. But it's, we want to go. We're awesome. going to get there soon. Yeah. I highly recommend. <laughs> you went? Yeah, oh, I've been I've been twice. It's really nice. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. I mean it's only like 10 minutes from me, so it's not bad. Oh jeez. <laughs> if I was like 10 minutes away from uh the Woo Sox, I would be there like every other game. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I went there, I went, I ended up getting tickets in like the uh and like the DCU club. My dad had like tickets from work, and then I went there. I went back when it back when it was like 25% capacity, and it was like still COVID limited, but now like they don't just now they just don't give a damn and it's like all open. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. so highly recommend doing that awesome uh one Woo. of <laughs> absolutely oh wait where's my 
I mean, he's got a woo socks. Hey, Bat. there, there we go. go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that'll ball. go. That'll nice. go up on the wall Smart. soon. That is an awesome nice. wall. That is I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah. Now I've done the entire AL East. Almost, I think the entire NL East, besides Miami, and then some other parks as well. Wow, that's dope. oh, that's awesome. Wait. What's up? Nothing. I don't oh, know. I, I, I thought I heard someone say wait. I was like, wait. I was like, wait. wait oh, wait. no. <laughs> no, all good. Uh, you know, obviously, I think I think seeing Sale come back would be awesome. Uh, you know, I like the I, I like the analogy of Zach Granke because I was actually just watching, uh, you know, like, like a week ago, I was watching videos of Zach Granke. He was calling him like the weirdest, like the weirdest guy in baseball, which obviously, yes. Yeah, we uh, all see but, it's a good one. But, you know, I one of the key thing, one of the funny things I, I remember from that video was was he stopped throwing his slider because because apparently because he said his arm felt different not it didn't hurt it just felt different and it's just like 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 obviously you know when it comes to chris sale he's gonna need that kind of he's gonna need his slider like but you know for zach Greg for the for the longest time that was his you know that was kind of his pitch and he went he did away with it it'll be interesting to see what chris sale does to you know kind of reinvent himself as long as he can come back my my big stance with tommy john is that you know the first year you're just trying to see the guy come back it's almost like an acl injury in football the first year you know they're just trying to get back on they're just trying to do what they can it's that second year that you hope that they can regain what they once were so mm. this year i'm just hoping sale can go out there and you know just not just not re-injure himself as long as he can do that i think that's a win in my books it's what he can do next year. And if he can return to some of that competitive form next year, that's what I'm kind of aiming at for him right now. I think it's a really good point. That's a good yeah. comparison with the ACL and football for sure. It's it. They, they literally, I feel like line up perfectly. It's just yeah. like, they're just so common now at this point. I mean, you're seeing kids now even get Tommy John just cause they're trying to like, you know, make their arms into like, you know, superhuman. Yeah. I think like the whole sports science thing and how athletic people are getting, it's just like people's bodies can't keep up with how you know good at the game people are getting how athletic they're getting like you see a guy like chase young in the nfl like that guy is just too big not to go his entire career without a lower body injury he's just oh, too, yeah. he moves too fast he's too heavy like i i don't wish any injuries on anybody i they're terrible i would hope it never happens but he's just too big and he moves too fast he cuts too quick and i think that's just the way that like athletes are going now I see the same thing with like a Lamar Jackson too. When he goes out there, I'm just like, he's one, he's one bad step away. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. obviously again, don't want to wish that anyone, but I'm just like, it's true. Yeah. Realistically for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, an- the, uh, another thing uh, that kind of concludes, eh, that kind of concludes rather what we had in Chris sale news. Uh, but I, what I had previous, what I had hinted at at the beginning of the show was, uh, you know, the Andrew Benintendi trade has since been completed. We now know some of the prospects that are now going over. It includes guys like, uh, I believe it was the Mets number 18 prospect. He's now a fielder. I think he's like currently like 18 years old right now. And, uh, you know, we're now starting to see like the final pieces of this trade coming, come into uh, fruition. Benintendi actually just recently went on the 10 day DL. And I think now that, you know, everything is falling into place. Uh, do, has your guys' opinion on this trade changed since it's gone down, or do you think that, uh, or do you think that, or you know, have there been any changes in your mind? Before we get started here, I already see a smile on this kid's face. I just want you to know that Alex Clauston's going to give you an absolutely ridiculous answer. Um, but Clauston, you can start if you want. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be realistic here because I loved Benny. Like he was easily my favorite player on the team. And it sucked to see him traded. I'm not going to lie. And he's kind of ripping it up in KC now too. Um, last I looked, he was hitting like 290 with like six homers. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, 
you know, it's not going to start the all-star game, but I mean, that's a, that's a good everyday outfielder. And right now the return hasn't returned on its investment. We'll see over the next five years. Um, Franchi has been ripping it up in Worcester. He didn't rip it up at all in the majors. He had one like nuke of a home run. And then uh, right after that, I mean, he, he just went right back to striking out. Um, so we'll see how Franchi works out. If he can carry his success from Worcester into the majors, that's kind of a, that's kind of a huge win. Um, and then obviously these prospects are a huge toss up. You never know what you're getting from prospects, especially if they're not like a top 10 in the organization. You know, you really have no idea how they're going to develop, no idea how they're going to take the atmosphere. So I can hope that these guys turn out to be solid pieces and we win the trade. But in the end of the day, I mean, Benny's still young. He's still got time to develop and so do all these guys. So I think it's going to take probably five years for this trade to fully unfold. Um, but for now, you know, I've got hope. I know the one guy you just mentioned, the outfielder, I looked at a scouting report a little bit and he's like six, three, like 200 pounds. Um, he's kind of a tank. And <laughs> the thing that I was reading about was that he has a lot of raw power, but not a very high average guy. So it sounded like we were getting another Franchi Cordero, which <laughs> I'm kind of hoping not. Um, but you know, time will tell again, he's only 18 can develop somebody's eye pretty well if he's got good raw power. So crossing my I fingers. I did get to see Franchi Cordero down in Worcester. I can confirm he is going to be our next Rusni Castillo, unfortunately. Yep. The wonder of Worcester. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I'm about to say the wonder of Worcester. Uh, it, you know, I actually saw him. He, he actually had a, like a really nice double. And then he also, then he got on with like this terrible, like, uh, you know, like Texas league or pop fly, which the left, the left fielder, you know, actually one of the actual kind of funny things about playing in Worcester is that, you know, it's so freaking windy there. So, you know, it's so, you know, when you hit a ball in the air, like, you know, if you just hit it upwards, there's like a jet stream. So you just hit a pop fly and that thing literally flies out of the park. It's insane. Like you don't even need to get a good hold of it. If you just get it, yeah, if you just get I, it up, about, the thing just goes. I've heard that too, that the ball just flies down there. Yeah. So that's why uh, that's why Jaron Duran was able to hit one out of the stadium. That's why uh, Franchi oh, yeah. was able to put one on top of the uh, top of the batter's eye. It's just insanity there. Uh, you got anything on the Benny trade, uh, Andrew, or you want me to go? I don't got much, kid. Just he's hurt now. So all I got is uh, realistically, I think. Well, before he was traded, when it was just rumors, I my mentality was. Benny's not doing great right now. He's kind of injury prone, but let's give him one more year because why not? Because we like him. He won a World Series with us. I like Benny. One more year. Let's do it. Fortunately, that's not the case. And now that we, you know, see everything that happened, we're getting five players, most of whom are pretty young and can potentially be something for what I believe to be a career league average to below league average player in Andrew Benintendi. I do not think that he's going to really replicate his 2018 uh, season. I think that was his best season. I don't think that he's ever going to get past, you know, the league average mark in terms of his all around play. I think that maybe he'll have one or two outlier years where he'll hit above 300, but I don't think he's got power. I don't think that he's really a five tool guy. So my mentality is if, any one of these five players turns out to be league average or above league average, then we won the trade because we got more quantity and we would get the same exact quality back. But like Clawson said, we're not going to know how it really 
plays out for another four or five, who knows, years. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a lot down the line. One of the guys I've been looking at is uh, the A-ball pitcher we got from the uh, the A-ball pitcher. I don't know if it was from the Royals or the Mets or the Mets organization. It was uh, his name's Josh it was Winkowski. Mets. Yeah, yeah, Josh Winkowski. He actually really interests me because I think that he has a lot of potential out of all the guys that we got. I'd be really excited to see how he turns out. Yeah, we'll see what we get from him. Um, I don't know, just a bunch of a uh, bunch of wild cards, I guess. And as Steve said, one of them's decent. We'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, obviously, with this Red Sox team, you know, as it's getting closer to uh, you know to the halfway point throughout the season, things are starting to get more and more real. Obviously, you mentioned Glass now might be out for might be out for some time. The Rays were in first, so this might give us a chance to really, you know you know, maybe, maybe bounce back on, you know, it's unfortunate for Glasnow, but, you know, in terms of the Red Sox, this might actually give us a real chance to actually make some, uh, to really make a move and really get up there and, you know, make a shot at the division. Is there a guy in your mind that we should try to go for at this trade deadline or, or do you think that we should try to, you know, you know, hold off and do something maybe more like, you know, down the line in the future? So for me, I was on the boat for a while that a good, solid, reliable, lefty arm in the bullpen would do this team some great good however i am extremely high on josh taylor at the moment i think he has proven himself to be an effective arm that i will see like trot out there and i'm like all right josh taylor's going out i feel confident i feel comfortable not only that i feel confident right now with this guy i Uh, I, and that that that's surprising because you know a couple weeks ago i felt the exact opposite when it came to josh taylor going on the mound I, I had like, this argument with Clausen the other day about like whether Josh Taylor was good or not. And now Clausen's just eating his words and I love it. Yeah. I actually <laughs> sent out a I actually sent out a tweet on the Gone Bridge account a couple of days ago and I said if you told me that Josh Taylor would be the like get me out of a jam guy two months ago, I, I would have sent you to a mental hospital <laughs> because that guy was hot garbage. And I still get a little worried every time I see him. I feel like he's kind of like an explosion waiting to happen, but he hasn't yet, so maybe he won't yeah i look at his success as a broken clock being right twice a day i'm just like all right he might be able to do it all right for now but i'm just like when do we see the josh taylor that we all know and hate right mm-hmm. let's not hate it. i mean fingers crossed we never do again but yeah, exactly. uh, to finish off i would say that we could still benefit from a fourth outfielder maybe a veteran president a presence i think that gardner and a couple episodes ago mentioned charlie blackman as a potential target and been heavy on that train. Heavy. Yeah, I, I love Charlie that. Blackman. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that, that at all. So that's what I'm I thinking. love that guy. Yeah. He's literally like the perfect fit, like veteran outfielder, left-handed bat, which we could use. He's hit lead off his entire career. Uh, I mean, he's a good average hitter. Like he checks every box. He's also a free agent after this year with a player, I think a player option. Or and a option. big ass remember. beard. No. And a big ass beard would fit him perfectly. So I don't know if the Rockies are going to be shopping him. I mean, if, if I were them, I certainly would because their team stinks. They're but uh, Charlie Blackman, man, hop on the bandwagon now before it's too late. I, I like it. Now, I mean, you know, that, that kind of concludes what we had in terms of talking some Red Sox. I am glad that I was able to get your as this conversation on that. Charlie Blackman, it's actually funny. I have that guy in my, uh, in my Red Sox franchise thing on MLB The Show. <laughs> uh, I, I, that, that was, that, so that actually kind of – that actually kind of gave me some uh, some good vibes because I have him on MLB the show. I think he's currently leading the league in average because 
I had I had the slider set low at first. <laughs> yeah, that is good vibes. I think it was between him and uh, trying to think who else it was. I also had Arenado in the team. I, I I actually I didn't even do like a like a cheap kind of fantasy draft. It was legit, but I just did good and you know. Where you got Devers? Colorado Red Sox. Oh yeah. Why For- why didn't I do Devers? Oh, because he was already gone. No. Oh, he's already gone. Right? It was a fantasy draft. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh it was it was a nice little it was a nice little thing, and I saw I saw Blackman. I was like. I like that. I like that. Do, do you guys play MLB The Show or no? Yeah, I'm not big into the Diamond Dynasty. I'm not a good hitter at all. So if I but if I hit like if I put two runs on the board, my pitching usually holds out. But I am uh, not good at the game by any means. So are you guys uh, Xbox or PlayStation? I have an Xbox. Nice. I have a PlayStation. I have a PlayStation. Yeah. I've been playing the show since, like, I think the first one I got was MLB The Show 14, and it's just phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. Yeah, I was big in – I had an Xbox before I got my PS4, and I was big into the MLB 2K games, not because they were Same. good, but because it was the only thing I could find. Yep. And then they they went out – they stopped making them for a couple of years, and I think right after that, I was like, all right, I got to get a PS4. And I've, I kind of – I think I went – I think I actually got it the year that they stopped making them because i knew that they weren't making them anymore and i couldn't go longer without playing a baseball game so yeah i i didn't want to da- i i knew that xbox had like rbi baseball but i refused to download that as a game that was garbage so that for the past so for the past eight yeah no so for the past eight years i was just playing mlb 2k 13 on my xbox 360 just waiting yeah just plot, just, <laughs> i have that game just, too just plotting my revenge just waiting yeah, terrible just game waiting for, oh yeah you know listen when it's the only thing you have you appreciate it. You appreciate the little things in life. That is true. That is true. I, I actually, I popped it in my Xbox 360 like two months ago, and I forgot how like different it is from the show. Yeah. Like, the timing is all weird. The The whole controls are yeah, so you, weird. You got to swing with like the stick on there instead yep. of oh, buttons. Yeah. I actually changed it to the buttons. You can you can change the buttons. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It still screwed me up. Like I kind of couldn't get a hang of it. I used to like, I used to like swinging with the sticks. I used I to really it was like easy. Like, yeah, you, you kind of like cock up and then like swing. Yeah. Let it fly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not the same on the show though. It's actually like difficult to do it with the sticks on the show, which kind of sucks because I really wanted to do that. I, I was I was actually trying to make the controls as similar to MLB 2K13 as possible, and then I realized that you know they don't it doesn't translate that way, and I was like, shoot. <laughs> it's not an easy switch. No, I I got I got the hang of it now, and now I've thrown like two perfect games with Zach Wheeler. So now we're chilling. Zach Wheeler, you say? Jeez, yeah. What about him? Nothing. I uh, I thought I was thinking of somebody else. Oh, also, yeah. an arch nemesis on the uh on the show that just absolutely ruins him. But not originally, Damn. I was uh, that guy. But it's, it's different. No, it's not. I mine. So I haven't bought the new one yet. I'm still playing the show twenty. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I'm just I just haven't bought the new one yet for no reason, and uh, I played against Chris Bassett on the A's, and I got I got roped like it was like seven nothing. <laughs> I had a good team too, and I just I got like perfect. I had like a perfect game against me, and I let up like five home runs. Like I really just got roped, and then I did it again, and it happened again, and so like I would start taking like good teams. Like I took the Yankees because I was desperate. <laughs> and I think I got like one hit. Um, and then I finally beat Chris Bassett like last week. And I've played like three times against the A's and I've beat him every time. So I think I've finally gotten over my Chris Bassett, um, you know, defeated streak. 
but it, it took go. me a while. It was, I actually changed the camera angle. Um, I don't play on like the show 15 camera angle anymore. I okay. went to offset and I started sitting on pitches and it made a world of difference. That's good to hear. I, I'm really enjoying it too. So it's been good. It's a great game. Oh, great I love game. it. Great game. Now that kind of concludes what we had in Red Sox news. I, I did want to touch on the show really quick. Cause I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to go with. Uh, but you know, all around the MLB in general, uh, you know, we've been, you know, obviously the sticky stuff story has kind of dominated, you know, all the news in MLB. I find that unfortunate because, you know, you look at stuff like ESPN and all that stuff. They, they, they only talk about baseball when something bad happens, frankly, which, you know, is terrible publicity for the sport. They only talk about it when, you know, something terrible is happening. I'm just like, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't cover one good story, but, you know, over here, I want to cover at least some of the good, you know, going on, going on in baseball. So far this season, we've, we've seen two incredible seasons from one Shohei Otani and another from Jacob deGrom. In your guys' opinion, which one is more impressive? Because Jacob deGrom right now has an ERA of 0.56. Shohei Otani is doing his, his thing, but, but deGrom also is batting 400. So I'm trying to think, what would you guys say is probably the better season? Uh, Jacob deGrom is on pace for the greatest pitching season of all time so as good as Shohei Otani is uh you can't really I don't know I don't know how you make the argument that Jake anybody in the league is better than Jacob deGrom right now yeah I'm gonna say Jacob deGrom as well just because he's really on a historic pace I think if more guys were doing what Otani was doing then which nobody is I think Otani is special because nobody else is doing what he's doing but where Jacob deGrom is just lights out. Like he, he's, I think he's batted in more runs than he's allowed all season, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think that it's, he's easily the best pitcher in baseball right now. I don't think it's even close and I got to go. I got to go deGrom. Right now I'm going to say deGrom, but I think by the end of the year, it's going to be Otani. I think just the pace that deGrom's on right now is just like, it's, it's just too good. And, I mean, he's only made 10 starts so far this year. Like, by the time he hits, he'll probably get around, like, 25 starts, I would think, by the time the season's over. Um, I'm not I'm not denying that he's having, like, an incredible season. But I just think of, uh, keeping up a pace of what, – what's the area? 0.56. I mean, that's just – that's insane. Um, I think that Otani, you know, he'll still rake. He'll still probably have an ERA in the threes. And I think at the end of the season – uh, you know, though, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them win MVPs this year. They deserve it, frankly. You know, it would be awesome to see. Uh, I would probably have to go with DeGrom as well right now because, I mean, you know, he's still also performing at the plate, which is incredible. You know, obviously, you know, what Otani is doing, no one has ever seen what he's done, at least in our lifetime, no one's seen it. Both guys are essentially playing Little League Baseball right now. And I think it's that I think we kind of have to appreciate that, that they're, you know, just doing things that, you know, you wouldn't imagine ever seeing on a major league baseball field. They're making the game look, you know, just insanely easy to them, which, you know, is kind of awesome to see. And it creates a whole new strategy for baseball. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I'm it, this whole, this whole uh, thing has just been, you know, surreal to me just to see. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? I like that. But, you know, fi- I think finally in, uh, in, I think the final topic that we have on the show tonight uh, you know, obviously, obviously, as Red Sox fans, we did see uh, we saw Vladdy Jr. tie up the game last night and then Devers walked it off. But Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I believe as of right now, is currently leading the league with I, I believe it's 22 home runs as of right now. He might have hit five more by the time this podcast comes out. But I think but currently I believe it's at 22. 
Do you guys think that he's going to be the guy that, that leads it at the end of the season? Or do you think someone else can catch up? And, and if not him, who do you think it could be? Really hard to argue against Vladdy right now, considering the fact that he just hit a home run in every single game he played in Fenway last series. I don't really know how you go against that guy with an absolute wagon. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy is just nukes baseballs for fun. And it's just like, it's unreal. So can't can't really think of anybody that I would say is more likely to than him right now. Yeah, I mean, Vladdy isn't only hitting homers. Like, it, it could be the Adam Dunn situation where he hits 45 homers but hits, like, 100 because all he does is strike out, walk, and hit homers. <laughs> but, I mean, he's leading the league in average, too. He's hitting 350-something, and he's got, like, an 1,100 OPS. So it's not even like he's only hitting homers. He's putting the bat on the ball every time he goes up to the plate, and sometimes he just gets a hold of them. And it's not even like he's hitting wall scrapers. I think the one yesterday was well over the monster. Yeah. Um, I mean, this guy is putting the whole wagon into these balls and he's putting them into orbit. So I think Vladdy's definitely the safe choice right now. Um, it's hard to see him slowing down. And it seems like anytime he gets a good barrel on the ball, it's going out. Yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to roll with Vladdy as well. I mean, we've been hearing for forever, you know, when this guy finally gets around to uh, to his full potential, like he's going to be the best pure hitter in all of baseball. And I think we're starting to see that. Uh, and he's just like the last month, he's just made incredible strides. I mean, for a while there, it was like Acuna and Otani right at the top. Uh, but I got, I got just got to roll with Vladdy. I mean, I could see him being the best power hitter for the next decade, you know, putting 40 to 50 homers up per year. And I think, I think that's what we're going to see from him, him this year. And that'll be the top, top of the league. Yeah, I got yeah. one more thing to say in my preseason predictions, my bold take, my, one of my bold takes was that Vladdy would end up top three in MVP voting. And I believe it was Steve that laughed at me and told me that I was crazy. And well, look at me now. To be fair, Carson, <laughs> Mr. Yeah, predictions is, over there. If that is the case, and I'd have to check the footage. Um, you've missed a lot more than you've hit, bud. So congratulations. <laughs> let's go, let's go to the tape. Steve, <laughs> I also found a nut. Steve, I, I'm also going to come at you and say, you've also missed a lot more than you've had. We had a whole betting segment. Oh, based yeah, off that even. was different though. That was, different. <laughs> that was like, yeah, no. The thing that you mentioned though, about Vlad, about Vladdy Guerrero Jr. That I did find to be, uh, that I did find kind of true was that, uh, you know, he's, he's not like a Dave Kingman. And I thought that's kind of a reference for my dad. Cause I think that uh, he, he, he liked the Mets growing up. And if, I don't know if you guys know who Dave Kingman and but Dave Kingman is, but he was kind of Adam Dunn before Adam Dunn was a guy. Uh, you know, he, he played back in like the, uh, he played back in like the seventies and eighties. He has 442 career home, home runs, but he hit, uh, but his lifetime average was 236. So, you know, it was kind of, that's kind of the guy he was, uh, you know, I think he has one of the longest home runs in MLB history, hit one literally like, you know, on, the, on to almost one of the neighboring houses at Wrigley field, like outside of Wrigley field, like the guy, you know, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, you want to talk about wagons. Like this guy was a freaking wagon. Like this guy was insane. Like it was insane what he was able to do, but obviously, you know, the average wasn't there with Vladdy Guerrero jr. It's, you know, kind of there and, you know, he's kind of able to, you know, be more of just be more of just than just an Adam Dunn type power hitter. He's at, he actually can, you know, put up the stats, which is good to see, uh, you know, in terms of thinking of guys who can, who can catch up, it will be interesting to see if Otani can get back into it and really, you know, ramp up in terms of the home runs he can get. But, you know, I, I talk, I remember I, I'd always talk. I love talking baseball with my grandfather. 
And it seems that every summer that we're talking about baseball, he'll always just say like, ah, oh, the season's young, but just wait for, just wait for uh, guys like, just wait for guys like Edwin and Encarnacion to heat up. Obviously he's not really, you know, in the league anymore, but you know, one guy that one, the other guy we'd always mentioned too would be Nelson Cruz. He currently has 13 home runs last year. He had 16 through a 60 game pace. He is 13 through 57 right now. So, you know, he's still mashing he's, and he's also, and he's also still hitting 297. So it's, he hasn't, he's not even like an Adam Dunn type, like he's still hitting consistently. So honestly, you know, he, even though he's 40, that he's only hitting. So I'm just like, if he still has that down, I would say, watch out for him. Cause you know, he can get hot at any moment and he can have, you know, multiple home run games, just back to back. Like he can, he can just go on a roll. Yeah. yeah. Nelson, Nelson Cruz has shown that he can do that for the last five years. And I think that he's also one of those safe bets that he's, you know, he's going to hit 40 homers. It's just a matter of time when he heats up. So I think that if not Vladdy, I think if you're going to take one of those solidified veterans to take the lead, I think it's it. Nelson Cruz is, is the guy to go with. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's still a ways back right now. He's like technically nine home runs back, but I'm just like, you know, Vlad Guerrero jr. You know, you know, whether he gets hurt, you know, obviously God, God forbidding, uh, but you know, if, uh, but you know, if he, or if he just goes in a bit of a slump, Nelson Cruz, if when the weather is hot, he gets hot and he just starts mashing balls. So I'm just like, that's a guy that I'm, I'm going to be really interested, interested to see. Cause you know, that's someone that always like me and my grandfather, my brother will always talk about like, when's he going to get hot? When's he going to start going? And then, then he gets going. Hard to argue against the proven track record of Nelson Cruz. I mean, you know, steroids aside, you know, seemingly he's clean now but regardless of it he's always a guy that's known to mash but you know i think that but that kind of concludes what we had in terms of the show tonight uh if you're not following down to the wire yet on social media what are you guys doing we are on on all social medias we're available on spotify youtube google podcast tiktok but mo- but most importantly the way to reach us is through our instagram you can reach us through our, our which is our, essentially our main hub it is our our you know instagram handle is at down dot to the wire again at down dot to the wire Thank you. Thanks again to the gone bridge boys for coming in. Uh, you know, I, I had, they shouted themselves out at the beginning of the episode, but if you guys want to do it again, I'll let you guys do that. Uh, thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. It was an awesome time. Really good episode. Thanks that uh, everybody listened. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you want to keep following uh, our podcast, check us out uh, at gone bridge on Twitter and at gone bridge podcast on Instagram. And you can find us, on every single podcast platform. Like I said, thanks a lot for having us. Yeah, yeah Brian. Really appreciate it. Go ahead, Clawson. All you. No, I'll finish it off. Go ahead. All right. Thanks again, Brian. It was a blast. Hope to keep in touch. We'll do it again. Um, yeah. We'll see how this season goes. Keep talking shop. Keep keep talking baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to see the yeah. I want to see the Red Sox keep this up. And I hope to have you guys on again to, you know, do some updates with it. Gardner, I'll Absolutely. let you finish it off. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, really appreciate it, man. Uh, ton of fun. And yeah, hopefully we can do something again soon. And uh, hopefully the socks stay hot. As Steve says, socks are hot. Gombridge is hot. Listeners are hot all around. It's a plus. Socks nation's hot. Oh, we're always hot. It's that's just how we roll. But from down show. to the, yeah. But I think it's time to say that we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to go through everything we talked about in this episode. Obviously, you know, we talk, obviously we, we introduced these guys, had them talk about everything they were going through, you know, starting off a podcast, doing all that stuff. 
then we talked, you know, all this, then we just talked, you know, you know, big stories surrounding the Red Sox and everything like that, you know, like Chris Sale coming back, uh, the, you know, reviewing the Ben Benintendi trade kind of all in advance. We talked about baseball references, including uh, stats from the Negro Leagues, as well as uh, MLB cracking down on illegal substances. Uh, but I think it's time to say that, you know, thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Andrew Gardner. I'm Steve Brady. I'm Alex Clawson. And we will see you guys next time. Take care.